that explores modern technology and the makers from history who made it all possible. I'm Dr Lucy Rogers, founder of the Guild of Makers and freelance gadget warrior. Joining me to help decide if wireless communication is our salvation or damnation, it's comedian and professional geek, Bear Kill. Now, I'm not saying wireless is a bad thing, Lucy. I'm just saying that it's a really, really bad thing. <laughs> Talking of bad things, it's my latest robot creation and the world's most dangerous robot presenter, Harriet Brain. Kill, kill, kill all the human no, children. No, thanks, Harriet. Thanks, Harriet. <laughs> Still needs work. That's what I've been saying, Lucy. The world can't cope with all this tech. Well, let's see if I can change your mind. In this episode, I'll be explaining how Wi-Fi works. I'll be using my data banks to bring some makers to life. And I'll be saying we should never have moved on from plastic cups and a piece of string. <laughs> so, set your ears to receive and your mind to blown as we bring you this episode of History Makers. <laughs> Imagine if I were to pass a message over a physical connection, such as a wire, this would technically be known as wired communications. But if I were to pass a message without any physical connection, this would technically be known as showing off. <laughs> Today, radio waves are still the main method for wireless communication. Well, that and the look my mum gave me when I built the cat an aqua lung so it could catch all the goldfish. <laughs> different radio frequencies are used for different things, and there are different ways of attaching the message to the radio waves, such as frequency modulation, or FM, amplitude modulation, AM, or encasing it in a chocolate with a crisp candy shell, aka M&M. <laughs> There's also the more recent standards of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth for devices, GSM for mobile phones, and the contactless technology, NFC, named after the method by which it works. No effing clue. <laughs> and mobile phone networks are, of course, improving all the time. For using email and surfing the web, we have 3G. For streaming music and videos, we have 4G. And for making prank phone calls, we have Ali G. <laughs> But do we know what Wi-Fi actually is? Let's start with what the word stands for. Turns out, much like Theresa May, it doesn't stand for anything. <laughs> it's not an acronym, nor the initials of its inventors, but more a meaningless soundbite designed to distract you. A bit like Brexit. <laughs> the term Wi-Fi was actually invented by a company called Intrabrand as a catchier name for IEEE 802.11b, direct sequence. To be fair, they may have had a point, and Wi-Fi was eventually chosen because it was a word that rhymes with hi-fi. <laughs> this sounds like a joke, but it's actually true. <laughs> so how do these rules work? Well, data, whether it's video, photo or email, is actually just a string of ones and zeros, known as binary. So if you wanted to send the message, Lucy is amazing, 
In binary, then A, you're correct, and B, the word Lucy alone is 32 digits, which in terms of data takes a very long time to send. I mean, imagine how annoying it would be for Royal Mail to deliver you a Harry Potter novel one page at a time. If you hate Harry Potter, it would be like a really slow trolling. And if you love Harry Potter, well, it used to be cool, so maybe find something else. So if each page was bundled up with others and sent in the same post van, then they'll get there quicker. Hang on, I hear you say. What if there's too many pages for one van? I mean, those last two books did have some really long bits. The answer, of course, is to get another van. But what if that van gets lost? Now, this is where our friend IEEE 802.11 comes to the rescue. And thanks in part to the work of a maker called Hedy Lamar, it tells us how the pages should be split up and reassembled, says where to send them, asks for pages to be resent if they get lost, something J.K. Rowling's editor repeatedly claimed happened, and <laughs> specifies that each page should be put in an envelope and how much licking you need to get the stamp on. So there you have it. At the end of the day, Wi-Fi is a blend of silly names, magical transportation, and licking. <laughs> Just like a Harry Potter book, really. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I think Wi-Fi is the worst thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. No, I'm going there, guys, because when my family in Australia got the internet uh, last week, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was 12 when my family got the internet and I was genuinely one of the first families to get it because my parents were, like, really technologically minded. Yeah, you. And I know, <laughs> fancy. But this is the thing, like, our, look, the only computer we had with the internet was in a separate room to the house called the games room. Uh, we're not rich, by the way, I should really make that clear. Um, the rich kids had two-storey houses and pools and we had a bungalow and a glorified garage built out of asbestos. <laughs> so um, I had to physically leave my house in order to check emails. <laughs> and that was a good thing, I think. It forced me to get out of bed, it taught me to be patient and maybe consider my priorities because the website that I loaded that day was the only website I had time to access. <laughs> so I had to choose whether I was going to go on Yahoo Chat or the Spice Girls fan page where you could play Spice Invaders. <laughs> <laughs> and even then my parents were like, you're spending too much time on the internet, Beck. <laughs> and now look at me. My morning routine consists of grabbing my phone to check Twitter and the next thing I know it's half midnight. I've completed Netflix and I've spent life savings bidding on half a banana which was discarded by Beyonce. <laughs> leave my house again thanks to Domino's readily available discount codes and my toilet paper subscription service. <laughs> Wi-Fi has ruined my life. I'm so addicted to it that when I ask if someone has Wi-Fi, I genuinely sound like a junkie. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, I ran out of data and, um, like, I won't use it for anything bad. I, I just, need to, just need to toggle enough to update my Facebook status. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely on the road so much, I find myself asking, what's your Wi-Fi password, uh, so, so often that I got this T-shirt printed up to save me the hassle. <laughs> uh, for anyone listening, it's a T-shirt that says, what's your Wi-Fi password? <laughs> So praising anyone for inventing wireless communications, I think, is like praising CR Older Ride for inventing heroin. It's addictive <laughs> and dangerous, <laughs> and I don't trust it. Come on, Beck. I think that's just you and your family. All right. Well, then tell me something that someone's done good with wireless communications, then. For fun things with wireless communications, Richard Sewell, who's a maker and software engineer and 
contraptor, has written some code that broadcasts classic movies in the form of emoji strings in a device's Wi-Fi name. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) What is that in English? You know when you look for a Wi-Fi and you're looking for it and you've got all those different names? Yeah, these ones come up with emojis of films. Oh, so you get to guess what the film plot is? Yeah, he, he says it uh, may not actually be a use case that anyone's asked for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'll concede that's quite good. I did actually um, ask my followers on Twitter, uh, Beck Hill Comedian, by the way, for anyone <laughs> listening, um, or Be Chill Comedian, if you read it wrong. Um, I asked what the funniest Wi-Fi network name they've seen. Unfortunately, no one came up with emoji films. Um, but some of the answers I got uh, range from uh, Husband and Wi-Fi, it's quite cute. There's a lot of... Nice. Um, uh, why believe I can fly? <laughs> uh, also, uh, someone currently... This is um, uh, Alex J. Rasick. It said, uh, mine is Lan Solo, though I'm considering changing it to Bill Clintonette. <laughs> uh, Aaron Abernethy at The Ronster says, uh, take my Wi-Fi, please, is his. Oh. At Starling Moss said, the network on my home router is called TARDIS because it's just a little box, but it has a lot in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, at Booth Rob says, tell my wife I love her. Oh, it works really oh, nicely. Uh, at Preston Out of Time said... It's not original, but whenever I do a Wi-Fi hotspot on the train, I set it to Megavirus 3000. (laughs) Uh, At Quebec Tango said, mine was Hove Owl Sanctuary for a while. Not funny, just a bit odd. Hove Owl Sanctuary? (laughs) I don't think you can do Hove. Uh, At Come To Where I Am says, ours is pretty fly for a (laughs) Wi-Fi. Martin Ruta King was another oh, <laughs> yeah. That was from at Rustlesnake. Uh, at Get Up and Teach was uh, Wi-Fi McWi-Fi face. <laughs> um, at Then Joe said, for the last time, use this one, Mum. <laughs> and uh, MP Oram is 404 network not found. It stops the neighbours from trying. <laughs> Humans are stupid. (laughs) And now it's time for us to solve another mystery from history. This is the part of the show where we explore a little-known puzzle from the past, like, who invented the moon? (laughs) Or, (laughs) what did the first ever radio show sound like? Hmm. Mm. To solve this, I think we need to see how the Italian maker Marconi was tempted to use his first long-distance transmitter. Harriet, access your archives and take us back to 1895. Downloading data, preparing historical play. It's Marconi in the morning. (laughs) It's before (laughs) auto-tune. And that was the groovy cat Johann Sebastian bringing sexy Bach. (laughs) You're listening to Marconi in the Morning on the world's best and only radio station. 0.00 FM. (laughs) I'm Gucci the Cone Marconi. And I'm Hendrik hitting you where it is, Hertz. (laughs) Big news, Hertzy. We've doubled our listening figures to two. Hey. Hey! Hey! Let's let's celebrate with a phone-in competition. Time to phony Marconi. 
Okay, we've got our very first caller on line eins. Which is our only line as phones are still really expensive. <laughs> ahoy, ahoy, this is Alexander Graham Bell. Belly boy! <laughs> Let's see if you can guess this week's secret sound. a metaphor for how technology could transform how the world communicates but will instead lead to mindless banter no better than two people farting in a nightclub <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny Belle <laughs> oh I'm afraid the answer we were looking for is the sound of your phone system becoming outdated by my fantastic invention how dare you I'm going to call the police and report you as soon as they can afford one of my phones <laughs> Oh, now looks like he accidentally got cut off. <laughs> proving that radio is clearly the technology of the future. Yeah, I mean, like, who is going to want to listen to music on a phone? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about Marconi. I think it's time we heard more about Hedy Lamar. Mm, okay, but I'm just going to give you one minute to tell us. Challenge accepted. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the life and work of Hedy Lamar in only 60 seconds. Harriet, ready the timer. Hedy Lamar was born Hedwig Kiesler in 1914 in Austria. At 18, she played the lead in the film Ecstasy, which portrayed her in the nude and having the first on-screen orgasm. Ooh. She was an internationally acclaimed Hollywood star from the late 30s to the 50s and was promoted as the world's most beautiful woman. Her love life was, however, regarded as scandalous. She married and divorced six times. Her first husband was an Austrian ammunition manufacturer whom she ran away from. In her spare time, she invented things, from improvements to traffic lights to a tablet that made a fizzy drink. During World War II, she and her friend, composer George Antheil, invented a method to make radio signals jump rapidly and randomly from frequency to frequency. This was designed to stop radio-controlled torpedoes from being jammed. However, the Navy didn't use the system. With the invention of transistors, their spread spectrum and frequency hopping methods were finally applied to all military communications, then to GPS, then to car phones, and finally Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. All right, you just managed to get everything you needed to a minute. But I think it would be really cool if Hedy was here right now. Ah, good idea, Beck. Harriet, activate imitation circuits so we can all meet our maker. Loading, loading, loading Hedy Lamar, loading Hedy... Oh, here she is. <laughs> oh, hello. Aren't you all marvellous? Not as marvellous as me, obviously, but you're looking, you know, pretty good. <laughs> I'm Hedy Lamar, film star, inventor, bombshell, radio-controlled torpedo signal viz kid and professional smolderer. <laughs> My real name is Hedwig. How cute is that? Like that little owl of that like, little, little visit. I also invented <laughs> owls. You don't... <laughs> You know, you know, I don't mean to, you know, judge you, but you don't look at an actress like me and assume that I invented a piece of wireless tech. I mean, maybe a wireless bra, but tech, nine. <laughs> well, I've come to set the record straight. I hope you not sound as good as you look. If you have some Wi-Fi, you should really look me up. Trust me, you will thank me, I'm really rather buff. You should be thanking me for the invention, TBH. Say it while you scroll through endless pictures of my arson face. Danke. 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 
If you want to get the full effect, go find me on YouTube. There's some stuff on there which really makes me squirm. Hashtag me too. An interview with Woody Allen in 1969 exemplifies the ways that people eat me with their eyes. Hashtag. 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 Bless him if he thinks he can intimidate the queen of indiscretion. FFS. I organs and on screen. But that is quite enough about my physicality. Now let's talk of physics and my little wartime scheme. Yas queen. Yas queen. Yas queen. Yas queen. Me and Georgie and Hal as a team, we were the best. I met him at a party, we were instant BFFs. One thing led to another, and before we knew a thing, we'd submitted a patent for frequency hopping. And Hal. And Hal. And Hal. And Hal. I'd learned about torpedoes and stuff from my ex-husband, who BTW, I really, really could not stand. His dealings with the Nazi party made me feel quite ill, so I put on a disguise and fled. OMG, LOL. Rawful. Rawful. Husbands number two through six, I also grew to hate. Forget Hedy Lamar, you should call me Henry VIII. But don't remember me for that, remember me for this. I was a history maker and a damn hot scientist. Hedwig. 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 I am a history maker and a damn hot scientist. Enough, enough, enough. All right, don't give it too much for that. What's wrong, Beck? What's, what's, what's wrong, Lucy? What's wrong? Only that wireless internet will ruin the world. <laughs> it's very popular, it's everywhere, and old people don't know how to pronounce it. But enough about Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Imagine a world where absolutely everyone has access to free, fast, wireless internet. Where regardless of location, economic background, your government, you could get online and communicate your ideas with people all around the world. You could get a full education. You could start a business or invest in someone else's. Sounds like a good way to create a global community, right? Wrong! Sounds like a good way to enslave us. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. <laughs> Think about it, we're so dependent on wireless internet that there are people out there who have never had to live without it, and that is dangerous. Imagine, through whatever disaster that the ability to connect to the internet wirelessly goes down, that access is suddenly taken away. Chaos. It's all very well for anyone of my generation or older. We still remember life without easy access to the internet. We know how to format a letter so that when you put it in the envelope, the address sits perfectly in the little plastic window. Like a nipple in a peephole bra. <laughs> we know how to stop someone from mistakenly recording over your cassettes by putting tape over that little hole. Like a tiny condom preventing any accidents. <laughs> access porn using only an envelope, a cassette in our imagination. <laughs> but the younger generations, they're not prepared for it. They have no survival instincts. They say we're only three meals away from anarchy. Well, I say we're only three buffering wheels away from a worldwide tantrum. <laughs> it will start with denial. People will take photos of their food, then forget why. <laughs> Confused, we'll stare at our redundant phones, trying to remember the point of documenting our lives while our food grows cold. Then anger. 
unable to publicly complain about our cold food will turn to violence. All restaurants will be destroyed by furious millennials now that the establishments no longer serve their purpose of providing shareable content. <laughs> then bargaining. Desperate for escapism, we will go door to door seeking funny looking cats or dogs wearing costumes. <laughs> Kids will reenact their favourite gifts to each other, completely oblivious that in doing so they're actually recreating a tiny fraction of Citizen Kane or Michael Jackson's thriller. <laughs> then depression. Unable to message our friends and too afraid to use a landline because phone calls now make us anxious for some reason, everyone will become isolated. With no natural sense of direction, having never needed it, the younger generations will starve, incapable of ordering food or locating the nearest shop. <laughs> Those who do manage to find ingredients will die of food poisoning, having absolutely no knowledge of how to properly prepare a meal and no access to YouTube tutorials. <laughs> Finally, acceptance. Those of us left will just have to understand that life no longer carries meaning or joy. Without being constantly validated by everyone else, we'll stop trying. Society will collapse. We'll be forced to rely on small communities for food and safety, becoming self-sufficient and learning to communicate in more than 280 characters directly to each other's faces. It will be horrible. <laughs> Our relationship with wireless internet is too important and too fragile, and that is why it will ruin the world. Okay, Beck, I hear what you're saying, but maybe I can still convince you otherwise. Look at this thing that I've made. Ooh. This is a boot that I bought on the internet, and it's got LEDs already in the sole, so it, it lights up. And when I bought it, it just had the LEDs in, and you turned it off, and it showed different colour LEDs. But I have taken the innards out, put my own innards in, and it now connects to Wi-Fi. So if anyone on Twitter would like to uh, use the, send a tweet with the hashtag cheerlights and the color of the rainbow, preferably not red because that's the color that the boot currently is. Um, cheerlights. Cheer, hashtag cheerlights and the color of the rainbow, my boot will change color. Right, I'm gonna cheerlights blue. Someone get oh, their someone's first, green, someone's, someone's got their so we've got a green green boot. So this not only happens you know, in this room and to my boot, but things around the world are changing colour as you tweet them. Oh, that's pretty I mean, awesome. Yes, yeah. technically you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> things always change colour. <laughs> um, I mean, I think... I, I mean, that, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, but I, I feel like we can find more uses for wireless communications. This might be more down your street. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you're home alone and uh, you'd, you'd quite like a, a glass or two, but you'd, you don't want to drink alone, this wine bottle has a text number. And if you send this bottle a text, the lights inside will light up. And so if your lights on your, in your wine bottle light up, you know that your friends are having a drink. So you can go and have a drink with your friends, but being home. You've, you've found a way of making alcoholism cool for nerds. <laughs> and for those who don't have friends, <laughs> there's, a, there's a secret switch on the bottom, so you can actually just turn it on yourself. <laughs> so if anyone comes in, I'm like, oh no, there's, I'm drinking with friends, honest. <laughs> oh, humans and their strange ways. I've just never understood it myself. <laughs> We've reached the part of the show where we now have to decide. Is wireless comms our salvation or damnation? Harriet. Definitely your damnation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think after what Harriet just said, I'm, I'm still thinking it's our damnation. <laughs> Audience, salvation, give me a yay. Yay! yay. 
Damnations, give me a nay. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Get that horse out of here. <laughs> by um, dint of me being in charge, Salvation wins. Yay! And on that stunning verdict, we've reached the end of the show. Aww. But there's just time for some listener messages. Nora from Reading has contacted us via Twitter to ask, do you think wireless technology is to blame for people judging others by their social media accounts? Mm, mm, that's a really important question, Nora. But since you only have 68 followers, I'm not going to waste my time answering it. <laughs> Gosh. Alice from Harlow writes in to say, some people say technology is destroying our ability to communicate properly. What are your thoughts? Well, Alice, I think that's completely sad face, thumbs down, monkey with paws over eyes, water splash, aubergine, turd, turd, turd. <laughs> and Molly from London says, I once went out loads of times with this one guy, rubbish communicator, only ever gave me one bit of information every time I saw him. I dumped him in the end. As it turns out, he was a serial data. The sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> You've gone out with him, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> so there we have it. Another technology tamed. Another maker met. We've told you all about the wonders of wireless communication. And we've celebrated the life and work of Hedy Lamar, without whom Wi-Fi and Bluetooth might not exist. Love you, Hedy. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And why not use your newfound knowledge to help download the next episode of History Makers? <laughs> History Makers starred Lucy Rogers, Beck Hill and Harriet Brain. It was written by Lucy Rogers, Beck Hill, Harriet Brain and Daniel Page with additional material from Sarah Doran, Stephen Mawinney, Kate Hingsman and David Borden. History Makers is a Why Did the Chicken production recorded live at the Canal Cafe Theatre. The script editor was Stu Cooper and the producer Daniel Page. <laughs>